Merry Christmas, Humanity Church. Hey, I wanted to personally invite you to come out to our Christmas Eve candlelight gathering at the Fox Theater on Saturday, December 24th. It's going to be at 2 o'clock p.m. with something for the entire family. And you'll be out in time for those tamale dinners, for that time with friends and family, for opening presents. It's going to be a beautiful way to kick off our Christmas celebration, and we would love to have you there. Remember, this is the time of year where friends and family are open to an invitation. So don't just plan on coming alone. Plan on inviting someone to come with you to celebrate the gift of Jesus this Christmas Eve. And now, enjoy this week's podcast. Good morning, Humanity Church. Hi, my name is Juan. I'm one of the uh, elders here. Counted as a privilege uh, to lead this awesome community, and uh, on occasion, I'm a communicator. So, uh, Merry Christmas, everyone! Yeah, there's 493 and a half hours till Christmas. You know what's crazy? I do that, and there's always this lull while I count down the hours. I, and I know this isn't everybody's experience, I love Christmas. I love every part of Christmas. I love the Amazon boxes that are piling up at my house. I love the fact that I got a poinsettia delivered to me yesterday because of Christmas. I'm glad that I programmed six pounds of weight gain during the month of December because I am going to eat everything. Everything. I will say no to nothing in the month of December. It's a yes month because Christmas is here. I love, I love spending money on Christmas. I love that you spend money on Christmas. There's no part that I don't love. Now that's a transformation, just so you know, because my first Christmas as a married person with babies, I didn't understand. I did not understand the amount of money that one child caused in spending in my household. It was a big old deal. There was a wood train set in my house that cost, I don't know, it was like 200 bucks for a wood train set. Am I exaggerating? I don't think I am. It was crazy. It was a whole values conversation that I was having with my wife, like how in the world? And then I realized I was the one struggling with lack because I made it a thing. And it turned out it was not a thing. So the Juan you see today has been transformed by the spirit of Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Did I mention I love Christmas? I love Christmas. Uh, okay, so I, as I was thinking about this Emmanuel, God with us, I started asking myself, do, do I really believe that God is with us? Do, do we really believe that God is with us? And, and I also understand that many of us have suffered and are currently suffering, and we don't see God with us. We don't understand. Does God, does God speak to us? Right? For those of you in community groups, right, that's a practice. That's something we work on, listening to God. But does God really speak to us? I think God speaks to them because they tell stories. But maybe you're in a season where God isn't speaking to you. And maybe you've actually never really 
heard God speaking to you. And maybe you're sad right now because you need answers. And you've got the faith that the answer is never going to come. Who's ever been there? And I want to share, like, my story here, where when I came to this whole God and Jesus conversation, I was an adult person, man, and I was days away from getting married. And all of a sudden, I heard God speaking. And it's been a crazy wild ride. As a matter of fact, I my wife who wanted God to speak to me because I was an idiot and I needed another voice and and then when it happened she wanted God to stop speaking right because so much was changing I was so excited I fell in love with Christmas there was all kinds of stuff right I was kind to dogs. All kinds of things changed in my life. I mean, and, and she saw, oh my gosh, he's one of those guys who's so in love with God, he's annoying. Um, but over time, my experience has been that slowly at first, and then not so much, that I sensed Emmanuel, God with us, and God not only with us, but with me. And that's so amazing. And I know that that's not everyone's experience, but I want to encourage you to go with me right now. Because God actually started speaking to me through other people. And I could tell it was God, Emmanuel, God with Juan Garcia. That's crazy. That's crazy. And, and, he started speaking to me, and here's was the big check, through his wisdom that felt like it was becoming my wisdom. That was crazy. And then God starts speaking in dreams. Have you ever been at a point where you need to make a decision on something and you're thinking it through, and you just don't know what to do or where to go? Anybody? I have found myself in those situations many times. Most recently, my wife and I, Leslie Garcia, if you don't know who she is, um, she's more than my better half. She's like my better three quarters, right? So, and, and Brandon Farr and Nicole Farr, we started a not-for-profit Restoring Eden uh, RestoringEden.com, you can read about it there. Not a shameless plug. But what we're doing is we are, we are raising money to buy real estate to fund anti-trafficking organizations in the world. And I'm older than I look. <laughs> so self-referential. I'm sorry. Um, uh, and as we're putting this project together, I'm excited, I'm not excited, Leslie's excited, she's not excited, the Fars are excited, Brandon continues to be excited, and, and Nicole is, you know, and, and I ha I'm like in this 
point where I'm like considering this is a second career that I'm embarking on. And I'm not as young as I look. I really should be more thinking about retirement. Getting that all together. Not, not embarking on a second career that's going to take 15 years to roll out. Maybe longer. And I'm just praying about it and, and then not praying about it. You guys know that one where you kind of half heartedly pray and uh, I don't know what God's going to say. kind of don't care what God might have to say because he may say, go for it, right? And I don't, so I'm in this place and I'm just uh, a lot of angst about do I embark on this new thing? And mind you, we've already started the train. The train's on the track, right? The, it, it's going, I'm still in this place. Ever been there? Trains on the track and you're still undecided? So then I have a dream. And mind you, I have spent now decades experiencing God's love. And I have this dream where I'm in this really nice hotel, which really is a brothel in the dream, and there's this really good-looking couple that's kind of bugging me and, like, wanting to find out what's going on in this hotel. This is a dream. Uh, what's going on in this hotel? What's this all about? And they're being very cagey about just asking the question, and I don't want to reveal what I'm doing at this hotel because I'm actually there to help get some of these people out of what's happening in this hotel brothel. And I don't know who I can trust. And then finally, this couple says, they trusted me, they said, look, we think that this is a brothel and we want to help these people get out. And I look at them and I said, look, that's what I'm here for, join me. Dude, I wake up the next morning, well, I wake up, and I'm like, okay, God, thank you. I guess, I don't guess. What do you guess this means? Anybody want to interpret my dream? Because <laughs> it's really vague, right? <laughs> it's not clear at all. Holy cow. I guess I'm not supposed to ever retire. I guess... I know that for now, and God's even saying to me, dude, see that little thing up? That's the train down the track. You started this thing, get on. And I was free. Because now, it's funny, my boss at work starts asking me questions about when I'm going to retire, and I'm being very vague with him because I can't tell him, hey, unless he sees this, then he'll know. I just realized I may be disclosing it just right now. I'm embarking on another career. Come what may. Thank you, God, Emmanuel. God with us, God with me. Now, to some of my friends, is that a normative experience? Is that how God speaks? Because you'll have people say, well, I don't know if God does this. this I, I don't see this in the Bible. And to which I say, Merry Christmas. 
Let me read from Matthew, two, uh, Matthew 1, starting in verse 18. It's probably on there behind me. Here we go. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Does anybody need me to translate before, but before they came together, what that meant? Anybody? No, you're all good? Explain it to your kids. Um, uh, through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the Lord, the law, and the instruction, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. Think about this. He, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph is such a good man. Like, his thought is, yeah, this is bad juju here. What's going on here? Man, this is not what I had in mind. But he doesn't want to disgrace her. He is still, he is so faithful, he's still thinking about others. Because he knows if she's exposed, what'll happen. She could get killed. Probably not, but it's not going to go well. But after he had considered this, this is a considerate man. A guy who's thinking through things. After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Merry Christmas. I, I, Joseph was a considerate man. In, in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5 is the Shema where it says, Hear, O Israel, and I'm going to butcher it. Actually, you guys read that one out loud for me. Joseph meditated on these words and on the law often. I don't know if every day, because the commandment was you're supposed to have this on your heart day and night. Even the most faithful. Who here, day and night, you have the Lord of the Word, the Word of the Lord on your heart. Joseph was a man who he did meditate on this. And in the story, he was considering all of this like, oh God, 
what has happened to my life? I don't want to disgrace this woman. And Emmanuel, God with Joseph, son of Jesus, came to him in a dream and directed his path and changed the course of Joseph's life forever. He got to raise the son of God. Imagine that. He got to be there in the transforming of the world. And little story, Joseph didn't know this. Joseph doesn't make it to Jesus' age 30. So somewhere between 13 and 30, Joseph dies. He's gone. But because he said yes to the Lord, the Lord shifted the whole of history. Coming back to my dream, I'm convinced that God shifted the whole of the rest of my life when I finally said, okay, I'm going to get on that train. Now, what I want you to consider this is I've got two questions I want you guys to think of. Well, before I do that, I want you to think this, right? For those of you who did not dig me giving you the 493 and a half hours left till Christmas, show of hands. No, I'm just kidding. I can't see anyway. Um, every time during this Christmas season that you hear the word Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, every time you buy a gift, every time you have to cook, bake cookies you don't want to bake, Every time you have to bring some dish to a family dinner, I want you to pause and say, Emmanuel, God with me. I want you to pause during this Christmas season. When there's any reference to Christmas, I want you to pause and say, Emmanuel, God with us. Because I love the fact that God so loved the world that he came like me and Ricky Bobby are on the same page here. Little itty bitty J Jesus is the best. Because he came and showed Juan Garcia and all of us, Emmanuel, God with us, that he would one day come and invade my dreams to direct my path. Merry Christmas, and I'm gonna leave you with these two questions. Someone read the first question, I can't even see that, yeah. I can't see that. Where have you seen God's wisdom and spirit guiding you in, in the past? And I want you to like think, talk it with the group, uh, get together a group of two or three people. And if God has, that has never been your experience, can I dare you to do something? Talk about that. It's okay. Talk about doubt. That's okay. The second question I remember is, is this, is where do you need God's wisdom and spirit now, right now, to guide your path? And I want you to talk about that. And remember, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And remember, Emmanuel, God is with us. Good morning. Merry Christmas. God with us. Yes.
so glad that you're here this morning. I know some of you are finishing up your stories, uh, sharing with one another. Um, I love this time of year. Juan already said all this stuff up front, so I don't have to repeat it, but Christmas is awesome, isn't it? The time of year, it doesn't matter. If it has sugar and butter in it, it goes inside of me. It is good all the time. Um, I, I, I love any reason to celebrate. I'm one of those people that I look forward to it. And I think there's something in the human psyche they actually say that if you have a future event that you are looking forward to, it raises the endorphins in your body to feel good, to be positive, and be more productive. So I start counting down Christmas January 1st just to have something really great to look forward to, right? I just joke. I have lots of things to celebrate. Um, the thing that we were asked to talk about through this uh, season of Christmas through December is a part of our lives that reminded us of the Christmas story. Most of us are familiar with the Christmas story, and, and I'll get into a little bit more of that in just a minute. So I started doing an evaluation of my life, and there's so many areas that I can say, oh, that reminds me of Christmas, and God showed up right there, and I know God was there at that moment, but there was one specific thing that kept coming up for me over and over. I even called a friend. I used my lifeline. I called a friend, and, and she said, well, probably if the thing you're resisting, that's probably the thing you should probably talk about it. I'm like, great, thanks for being a friend, you know? So I'm going to talk about this, and... Um, I am believing that through parts of my life, it's going to be translated into other people's lives, and you're going to find some freedom this morning. That's what I'm believing for. Um, and if you already have freedom, there's always good for some more freedom, right? I, I mean, you can't have enough of that stuff. So, um, I was the firstborn in my family. I have two sisters, one that's less than two years younger than me, another that is eight years younger. I also have a brother who is 16 years younger. And I'm only 36, so he's still just a kid, you know, <laughs> just saying. Um, our lives were turned upside down just before my 10th birthday. My mom and dad separated. And... Uh, I loved my dad. My sister and I used to fight over who dad loved the most. And we'd have arguments and we would try to prove why he loved me the most or she was proving why he loved her the most. And then one year, um, our dad was no longer in our lives. And I can remember sitting in church. Now here's the good thing of that if you could find a good in it. But here, here's something, uh, as my mom and dad separated, we went to go live with my grandparents. My mother took us there to her home. And the thing about my grandparents is that they were very consistent. Every morning, they had devotions that they read and they prayed before breakfast. Now, my grandma was a great grandma and she made full-on breakfast. I'm talking the little orange juice, the oatmeal, the toast, the, the whole eggs, the, everything was there, right? 
but before we could touch it, we had to sit through listening to devotions. Nine-year-old, oh, this is great. But I can remember the only day we didn't do devotions is when we went to church on Sunday. And when they lived in a little small town in Wisconsin, and we would walk to Sunday school. And I can remember one Sunday sitting in church, and I was raised in a church. It was a uh, great little church, but it, it was one of those churches like they did altar calls every Sunday, and we sang just as I am every stanza, every 15 verses. It seemed like forever when I was a kid and I was hungry until somebody would finally raise their hand and go front. Oh, thank God we get to go home, right? So one Sunday I was sitting there and the, and the pastor was in the front and he was talking about if you were the only person on earth, Jesus would have came and died just for you. He loves you so much. And as a kid, I sat there and you know what I thought as I was counting the tiles on the roof? I thought to myself, yeah, well, my dad said he loved me too and he's gone. And immediately, in my heart, there came this word, and it said, I will never leave you or forsake you, not to the ends of the world. Okay, I was nine years old. I didn't know that was a scripture. I had no idea. But God was speaking Emmanuel to a nine-year-old into the pain of where I was. And I got up, and I was that person who went up front and I publicly gave myself to the Lord and asked God to fill me with his presence. He has never left me or forsaken me all the days of my life. Fast forward, my mom was on her third marriage and I was 13 years old. Um, I came into another new family, another new person that we called dad and uh, with his kids, an extended family. Now, I, even though I'd given my life to the Lord, I still had deficits in my life. I didn't have a dad that I wanted so desperately. And so I was looking for the approval and, and validation from a male figure, and I sort of kind of got the attention of this guy who was my stepdad's best friend's son. So I don't know how that be. But we were call, told to call my dad's stepdad's best friend, uncle. So in, technically, this would have been my cousin if it was by blood. He was 21, I was 13. And uh, I got his attention, and I thought this was a great thing until it became physical. And at 13... I had been with him. Now, I know as an adult that's rape because I was 13 and had no idea. I had no power to say no. But at 13, I didn't know. And so I would go to church on Sunday, and at Christmas, I would hear the story that Juan just read to you about the Virgin Mary and how this angel appeared to her and said that you are highly favored of God and you have been chosen to be used by God to bring to the world salvation. And I love Mary's response. And I think 
I asked Nana at the last minute to put it up for me. But in Luke chapter 1, this was Mary's response. She, she was real deep. She just said, how can this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The next verse, it says, and the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One will be born and be called the Son of God. What an awesome story. This young woman has been chosen over the generations to actually bring the Son of God into earth. The power of the Most High is going to overshadow her. And I can remember as a 13 and a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old, hearing this story, that all I heard every time I heard that story is, well, if you were married, Jesus never would have been born. Because you've been damaged. You've been used. You're not good enough. You're not clean. And I carried that. I never told anyone, not my sister, who was my closest friend, not the people I went to church. I didn't see in anybody, anyone that I could trust enough to share my damage to anyone. Fast forward, and I know this is a lot to take in. I, I see some of your faces are just like, but let me get to the good part. Because God has never left me. He's never forsaken me. I was 18 years old. And I had been involved in church this whole time. Five years since that incident had happened. Life had happened. So much craziness. My stepdad and alcohol and lots of things went on. I was 18 years old at a Bible study, and we were praying at the end of this Bible study, and uh, my best friend at that time and I were there praying, and as we prayed, somebody in the group said these words, God just impressed on me to ask you. Have you ever been with a man? My greatest fear just came to life. Ha, I, inside my head, my best friend is next to me. This person I want to appear to be spiritual in front of. I'm at a Bible study with other people there. And he just asked me the one question I have hid for five years. In my mind, I said, I'll just say no. But as I opened my mouth, I heard the word yes come out. I've got to tell you, at that moment, there was such a new life that flowed into me. felt God in a way that I had never felt. I memorized all the scriptures. I could tell I had the Roman road memorized. I was on every Bible program you could be on at school. But at that moment when I released my secret, freedom flooded my heart. 
shame had imprisoned me. And some of you are looking at me like, but you were the victim. Yeah, but your mind doesn't think that way sometimes. There are people here today, maybe online, maybe somebody that will watch this the day before Christmas, I don't know, but there's a trauma that is holding you captive. But there's freedom. There's so much more. I wanted to read this scripture in uh, Isaiah. And this, this spoke to me in Isaiah chapter 61. Jesus was born, we celebrate it in December, um, in Bethlehem. 30 years later, he starts making his ministry public. And he gets up in front of the synagogue and he says, those who are thirsty, basically come get a drink. And then he reads this scripture in Isaiah 61. I'm only going to read the first couple verses because I believe this is for somebody today. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn to provide those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. <laughs> this is why Jesus came. He didn't come so that we could have a party every year and give each other gifts and eat really good food, although that's a great idea. Yes. He came to heal the brokenhearted. Yeah. He came to bring freedom. Those of us who carry within us a sense of mourning and shame and brokenness. He says, I have come to bring the oil of gladness, that there is freedom for everyone to have. God with us. He's not on the outside making judgments call against us, even though he's God and he has the right to. But he says, but I choose rather to be with you yeah. right where you're at. Yep, yep. Trauma happens to us all. But it's not the trauma that holds us in bondage. It's how we hold it in our lives. That secret that I kept held me in shame, kept me from my God that loved me so much. It wasn't God judging me. It was myself keeping me from accepting Emmanuel. This morning, I bring to you the idea that Jesus said, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. But if we hold our shame closer than the love and freedom that he offers, that's what you live with. Have you ever negotiated with a toddler? 
Have you ever seen one with a remote control? They finally got a hold of it, and you're trying to persuade them, this toy is so much better than that remote. You'll really like this one. I feel like God has come to us and said, I bring you freedom, life. I bring you connection to the one who created you. But we're so set on holding on to our, that's not right, that shouldn't have happened, or the shame of I am dirty and no one can love me. And God's saying, just let it go. I have so much more for you. The very thing I thought as that teenager I can never be used by God. I'm too damaged. God can't use somebody like me because I'm not a virgin like Mary was. At that moment, it has now been a propelling movement for me for the past 30 years of ministry. I want to be that person that people, if they're carrying something, they can come talk to me. I want to talk about the hard things that people want to hide under the rug because God has freedom even for those things. I want to be that, that conduit of freedom and love that people will see that God in heaven loves them more than where they are right now. So Merry Christmas. Joy. Absorb it. This morning as we were praying, I saw this picture, and this may sound really corny, but I'm going to just throw it out there anyway. You guys probably think I'm crazy already, but have you ever had a callus on your hand? There's a time I was working out with weights, and so I was doing these workouts, and I noticed on my hand I had like these really ugly calluses. <laughs> but at this morning... As we were praying, I saw calluses on people's hearts. My prayer has been that God, that you would marinate them in your love so much that those calluses would soften so that freedom can come into their lives today. Paul wrote about this new freedom in that he said that in Christ we become new creatures that word new creatures means something that's never been seen before brand new that new skin under that callus that softness of heart instead of a heart of stone let's speak into that right now i want to pray just real quick and then i have a question for you to talk to one another about because i want to rebuke shame I believe there's a spirit, and this may sound woo-woo to you or something, but I really believe there's a spiritual realm, and there's a spirit that attaches itself to shame, and it's blinding. It keeps us from the truth. So I just want to pray against that, and then I'm going to offer you these questions to talk to one another. Would you pray with me, please? Father, I thank you so much. Oh, you're so good, my God. Emmanuel, God with me even to the ends of the earth. This morning I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would penetrate hearts this morning. Do what only you can do, Holy Spirit, in their lives. 
I come against the spirit that would hold people in bondage. And I speak freedom to the captives, Father. Those that are held in shame, I rebuke that shame. It's not of God. I speak life and wholeness in Jesus' name. I thank you, Jesus, right now. You're speaking to hearts. I love you so much, my God. Amen. Here's the question. Is there any place in your life that shame has imprisoned your thoughts or freedom that you would be willing to surrender to God so that he may be Emmanuel, God with us in that area? Bless you. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.